Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday people share real and personal stories. Some are profound and challenging, while others are more common and relatable, shared with honesty and humor. But all of these stories reveal what God can do in our lives when we trust Him with the details. Thanks for joining us. everyone, this is your host Kelly from the Storytellers Live team. On each episode, a different woman shares her story, often in a live setting, with the bottom line being that God is good. This episode is part two of our special couples storytelling event that was held this summer. In part one, you heard Clay and Sarah Beth share, and now you'll get to hear from Amanda, one of our other Storytellers team members, and her husband, CJ. CJ is actually the worship pastor at Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama, and Amanda is an incredible mama four, and we call her our mercy person on our team because she just loves people so well and prays for them and just sees their God-given potential and takes time to speak words of encouragement to them. I also should mention that she is a phenomenal baker. She can make all kinds of cookies and cupcakes and goodies and then decorate them so beautifully. So she's super talented. Uh, So she and CJ have been married 11 years and they have four kids. And at the end, uh, you'll get to hear a song that CJ wrote called Place of Freedom. And Amanda and CJ performed this together live at the event. And it was incredible. I will say that because we are complete amateurs at this recording thing and the mics, the way they were set up and connected, however we had it, the song has some parts of it that are a little bit distorted, especially when both CJ and Amanda are singing together. But because the studio recording does not have both of their voices, we wanted you to hear this um, live. And then we'll put a link on storytellerslive.org in our show notes to the studio recording as well. So here's CJ and Amanda. Hey, we are like super excited that you guys are here. Like I cannot, I cannot believe this turnout. Just God's doing something and I I just hope you receive it because it's, I think it's, it's powerful. Um, So we're super grateful, excited. Aren't we excited? Are we excited? Are we nervous? Are we excited? This is the first time we've done it. So excited or? Yeah, we're just going to, we're just going to go and just see if it's awesome and, you know, whatever. So I'm Amanda. This is my hubby seat. And can I just honor you for a second? Hey, this is fun. I get to do this on a microphone. This guy is the greatest person I've ever known in my entire life. He is the real deal. He's humble. He's kind. He's brilliant. He's wise. He's my best friend. He loves me super well. Um, I'm just really grateful for you. I just adore you. I love you so much. Okay, so... um, (laughs) So... A little bit of background on me. I am a Cali girl, um, grew up in California, and my parents wanted to, my parents are actually from the South, wanted to move um, move us back to the South. Um, so I ended up going to high school in Atlanta, and um, just super great memories of my childhood. If I, if, like, when I think of my childhood, I think of roller coasters, because I'm from California, so we had, like, Disneyland passes, and Knott's Berry Farm, and Magic Mountain, and my mom was, like, a, a theme park junkie, so it was like, hey, we're not going to school today, guess what, we're going to Magic Mountain, woohoo! So, um, so just a lot of fun memories, um, loved my childhood, I don't, I don't have really anything negative to say, and, uh, 
like I said, went to high school in Atlanta and then ended up going to Lee University, where our story kind of begins. And I'll let you. Yeah, so I grew up on a totally different side of the spectrum. I grew up in South Georgia, small town. Uh, I think we, like she was saying, roller coasters, we were playing with ant beds and stuff like that. So roller coasters, didn't really see them. Still kind of nervous about it. Yeah, I just got back from Disney um, and I was like, you are kidding on this roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, but so small town um, and grew up in a, in a home with a single mother, four kids. And um, most of my childhood was moving around different places. Like I said, I didn't have my dad. So my mom was in and out of different relationships and, and really bad relationships at that. And so um, just to give you a little bit more perspective, I was in five different homes uh, from eighth grade to my senior year. So totally different, like, so for me to meet a Cali girl was kind of cool. Unlikely couple, for sure. Yeah, but, but even, so in my small town, to get out was one thing, you know, just to get out. So to go to college was like huge. So for me to go to college was like a huge accomplishment um, from where I'm from. And so, like she said, that's where we met at the university. So. Yeah. So we met in actually a black gospel choir. So super fun. We traveled all over, sang black gospel music. It was my jam. I love me some soulful music all up in my blood. Um, so we met in the choir. I actually didn't notice them for a while because I was actually dating somebody at the time. So I, my eyes weren't on anybody else. Um, but there was a moment where he kind of stood out and got this solo on our, our little chapel team, whatever, and he stepped out and started singing the song. We're worship leaders, by the way. Uh, you guys don't know us. We should probably... Sorry, that Today, Are you getting end. that? Yeah, okay. um, <clears throat> so he stepped out and started leading this song, and I immediately, like the presence of God hit me in a way that is really just, it's supernatural. I can't, I can't actually describe it. Um, and so from there, I just, I thought, man, I just got to, I just want to meet him. Like, I just want to, he's in my, I didn't even realize he actually got back in the choir. And I was like, oh, the dude's in my choir or whatever. I need to, I need to go, uh, I need to go meet this dude. I, I see, I should have seen him like every day of my life. Well, the reason but. she didn't see me was because she was, believe it or not, doing all of the solos in the black choir. <laughs> so, and it's true. It's so funny. When I got in there and she was leading, I was like, <laughs> And so, and, and I didn't get solos. So I was, I was in the back chilling. I didn't really sing much. I was just kind of observing, kind of not wanting to be there. We had to take electives. So in this, it, it was, it's called Lee University. So I was trying to get electives in. I kind of liked music. I was in the, in the sports big time. I still thought they were going to get a football team. That never happened. So I was there for that reason. My brother played basketball there. So I was there and I was just observing and she would sing. She was sing real big. I was really confused, y'all. Really confused. Um, but yeah, so then, then um, I, I, she, we met. But what she didn't know was I had just come out of a really, really bad relationship. I think uh, Clay was talking about just how he had this moment with a girl where he was like, I'm really in love. with. I'm from a small town. You fall in love when you're like six. So... <laughs> I was like, thought I was like super in love with a girl back home. And so when, 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 when that fell, I just had trust issues. I really didn't want a relationship. I was just in there observing, trying to get out. Yeah. So soon into our relationship, I, you know, so the Lord really, when I saw him sing that night, he did something in my heart. I had to get to know him. 
I went up and introduced myself to him, and immediately he was just so kind and so humble and so gracious and just had this presence about him. I was, I was so, like, I fell in love with him in, like, five seconds. I was like, you know, I'm going to stalk this dude if he hates my guts. I don't even kind of care. I'm going to stalk him. I'm in love with him. And I later found out the reason the Lord really just kind of did that for me really fast because I would quickly find out in our relationship that he actually had two kids and not just had two kids. He had two kids two months apart. So you guys can all do that math. (laughs) And so now here I am 21 years old and I'm like, man, I'm in love with this dude. And that's a lot. Like, can I... At 21 years old, can I really handle that type of situation? And were you supposed to take it from here, or am I still going? <laughs> so, so that's 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 kind of fast forwarding because I went. I'm, like I said, I, I thought I was in love, proposed everything, um, and it just was not the right person. And so I went through a rough patch for about for a while where um, I just didn't understand out of. First of all, from coming from a small town, like I said, I had these thoughts of accomplishment with being at college. But then to to have this situation of not one kid, but two kids, it was like I was falling back into the persona of my small town. Black guy, small town, kids from different women. My dad had five, five different kids. And so for me, I was struggling with this whole just identity thing of man what 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 happened where did you miss it where and then this special person comes into my life and i'm just finding out i got not one but two kids and 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 then to and and so i didn't really want to begin a relationship it was more of a friendship and i was telling her that i was just before i told her about the kids i was like <laughs> your special person would love to just be friends. And she just kind of was like, always like, what's the problem? You know, and so finally I, I got I up to nerve. I was talking and I'm like, please, you know you want this. <laughs> <laughs> so I got up the nerve to just be like, listen, this is my situation. Just knowing, knowing, you know, okay, once again, do you got accomplishment going to college, but now you can find a special girl. You can't really get her because you got you messed up. You got two kids from two different women. That's not going to go well, you know. And so I ended up telling her because I, I, I respected her so much and, and just who she was. And like I said, she was special to me. So I ended up telling her and it was like this. I mean, what would, what would you say? Like, you know, like I'm telling her knowing that she's just going to go blank, which she did. And, and then knowing that this probably will end right here. Um, so it kind of did for like a second. Yes. Because obviously you get that news and you're like, yeah, you know, when I was like five years old, dreaming about what my life would look like, yeah, that wasn't it at all. So I need to just get a different perspective. So I needed some time with the Lord. And um, and man, he just showed up. I prayed and prayed. I'm like, Lord, you're going to have to, you're going to have to take, you're going to have to take my heart and do something with it. Because I cannot, you know... I need to fall out of love with him or you need to give me the strength that I need to do this. And um, I remember there's there's been a few times in my life he's spoken to me audibly. And this is one of those critical moments in my life. And he said to me, if you if you just hold on, I will show you 
who he really is. And because if you think about it, I met him in his in his depths of despair, basically. And I just saw so much of him, of who he was in his depths of despair. I thought, man, if we can get him out, we can get him to the other side. Like, what, what could this dude become? Sorry, I keep saying dude. You're not, you're not my dude. Okay. <laughs> um, and so, anyway, so I just prayed. And, I mean, fast forward, we ended up getting married. We, we dated for three years. What? Was it done miss something? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so, so <laughs> she's trying to speed through it. I'm trying to... Well, I know we yeah. have, like... You sometimes have to say time, because I'm going to literally just tell my... Yeah, so um, with her saying that, like, that that God told her, you know, she, he's going to show her... it. Like, for me, I just had a tough time with forgiveness. I was super hard on myself. So he, it, that, that time period was my end of my junior year going to my senior year of college. So I'm about to finish and I find out this news. And so I ended up getting, getting my son who was a couple months old at the time going into my senior year and I was like, I'm not stopping. I'm gonna finish school. I'm, I'm working three jobs, keeping him. My brother's helping me, different people are helping me. And, and, and she was still there, like she was still like, man, I'm like, I wanna, I wanna be with her, but I wanna make sure that I'm being the best father I can be. Um, I finished school and all those things. So I ended up doing all these things my senior year and finished school, which was for me like, come on, give me the diploma. I didn't even stay for the diploma. I was like trying to, I was just so excited, but um, got done and we were not talking at that time. But I remember sending her an email. Do you remember that? Yeah, we were talking about that. I didn't know if we were. Yeah, I wanted to tell her. So I ended up my senior year, I'm about to graduate. I finally right there, I had to take like 20 hours that summer. And my, my buddy was sitting right there with me. And, um, and I, 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 at that moment, I was like, man, just send her an email. Let her know you're graduating. Let her know, you know, you still love her. She's special. And so I send this email just to say, hey, I'm graduating. Thank you so much for just being in my life. You encouraged me to finish. And um, Cameron, which was my son at the time, said hey and things like that. And and then she, um, and I was not expecting the email back. So I sent the email off, went to graduation, came back, was leaving, and I get the email back from her just saying, hey, I actually miss you, been thinking about you all. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, that, I just didn't think that would happen. And so we ended up talking again, and, and that's when eventually, three years later, we got married. Yeah. That's all I want, I want to tell you. You're <laughs> skipping this stuff. Well, it's true. There was, a, there was definitely a period of time where I had to, you just learn how to trust them because, you know, the situation seems so fresh. It's like, I mean, could, you know, could that happen again? You know, could he... So I just had to, I had to learn how to trust him. But anyways, fast forward, we ended up getting married and it was the best decision I ever made in my entire life. We had, a year later, I got pregnant with our son. So we have four, we have four children. Um, and I call them all, I don't have stepchildren and my children, like I have four children and I love them with everything. But it was, so are, we, are you going to talk about the, or do you want me to talk about the... Once we had the son, our first son. Okay. Yeah. So we had our first son. <laughs> just back and forth. Um, so we had we had our first son, and my mind went to, oh my goodness, I didn't think I would have any kids at this point, but now I have three, 
in three different area codes. I'm in Birmingham. My wife is a stay-at-home mom. What am, what am I doing? I, I moved to Birmingham volunteering for a church, but then I went into personal training. And this, you, you were there, and so <laughs> I was personal training, and, and I was loving it. I was actually moving into that direction because I, like I said, I, I had a hard time forgiving myself. And I, the reason I wanted to leave, get away from the church world, per se, was because I just, I didn't think I belonged. I was, man, how do you tell somebody at church you got three kids from three different women and, and you're okay? You're like, and so I was like in, in personal training, loving it. But my buddy Brian, who owns the gym, was one day came to me, he said, man, you need to be singing. Like, you just need, to, and for him to be my boss and tell me, dude, you, you really need to be singing. Um, it was It was just special to me. And so I ended up, transitioning out of that into where I'm at now, which is Church of the Highlands, and I've been there for nine years. But but that whole, that time period right there before I made that transition, it was, it was the thing where I just went to God and I said, listen, you've taken me this far. Like, you gave me a special person in my life, three beautiful kids, and and now I'm, I'm, I just need you to show yourself, show yourself strong in this moment. So I, I, I always quote Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And, and what I had to learn about that scripture was it, wasn't, it didn't say there would not be any weapons against you. It just says the weapons against you will not prosper. So I had to dive deep into that, knowing that things that came against me in my life, in our life, you know, were just um, things to help us grow. And, and and to see and to test our love for each other, but also ultimately our test um, our love for God. And so we we ended up having another child, Carson, mm-hmm. and now we have four kids. Yeah. Church of the Highlands, and they're and, awesome. And let me, yeah, and let me just also add to it. I had to pray. I remember pretty early on in just finding out about you know the his situation and whatnot that I had a I had a choice to make. I had a choice. If I was going to be with him, to me, it was going, I was going to be all in. And so now how do I, how do I figure out the whole, like, you know, now it's two kids and two moms and I'm determined that I I have to have a good relationship with them or like, I can't have fullness of joy. I can't have fullness of life. And so, um, so I started praying for a supernatural love for my kids' moms. And um, and man, let me just tell you, the power of prayer is something special because it was like he just dropped it in my spirit. And I mean, within like moments, I just had this supernatural love for them that I can't even really describe. I, I genuinely love them like they're my own flesh and blood. They're my sisters. I would, I mean, I would die for them. I, I love them. And I feel like it's pretty unique to our, to our story. And, and I had to, I had to work on it. I just had, I had to keep encouraging them and, you know, sending them, uh, you know, I send them encouraging messages and, Hey, you know, I love you. I, you know, how can I help you? Is there anything I can do for the kids today? Is do you need anything? I love you. You're amazing. You're a rock star mom. Just me and I wouldn't want to do this with anybody else. I wouldn't want to raise these kids. You're just incredible. And, um, so it took some time for them to even trust me, but I could say we have like 
a bad to the bone relationship now. Yeah, and she talks to them most of like I don't Yeah, you talk, don't really talk, don't really talk to them. Really they're like they're like my besties, you know. Which and, is crazy. Um, that's not a that's not a typical thing. So that's so that We had to get one of them to love me, but to get two, I'm like yeah. I'm awesome. Well like she she is awesome. God is awesome. But, but what what she didn't say was she loves hard. So she loves really hard. And I saw that through just how she just took the reins. I was struggling. I was like, I don't want to talk to him. I don't trust anybody. Only person I trust is you. Like, But I, I want to be the best father I, I can be and the best husband. And so it was like this time where she just took the reins. And she was like, I'm here. Like, let me talk to him. Let me. And I'm like, wow. Um, and so when I got to Church of the Highlands, it was it was a, a tough moment because once again, I had this unforgiveness for myself where I was like, are, I, I want, am I going, are they going to accept what I tell them? And, and once uh, my pastor, Pastor Chris, I mean, oh my goodness, once he did, it was kind of like when I told him, I thought he was going to be taken back, but he kind of leaned in. You know, and I was like, what is going on? Like, I just told you, man, I got this many kids from this many. And he's just leaned in. He's like, man, we don't need you here. And I was like, <laughs> and then, but he said, well, we want you here. And that to me was the first, I've never heard that. Like, I mean, like I said, I moved house to house. So for some, for somebody to say that to me stuck. And so I was there and, and I remember just dealing with a lot of unforgiveness in that moment. Um, starting that job. And so I was behind the scenes a lot in my first couple years because I just didn't want to be seen. I just was like, I'll, I'll serve as hard as I can. I just don't want to be seen. But they, they have what's called Freedom Conference and, I, and we went through it. And I had this gentleman pray for me this one night. And I think Clay spoke on it, pride and forgiveness, those things. Like there was, I didn't know how much pride I had in me until this guy prayed for me. And I remember what he said. He said, he didn't know any of my situation. I didn't tell him nothing. I wasn't telling anybody anything. So when I walked up, this guy said, man, God is showing me some trophies on the shelf, that you have some trophies on the shelf that you need to take down. And I just broke. He said, God is, God is forgiving you for everything you've done. You're special. You, and he, he wants you to know it. I just broke. And that was the moment I experienced freedom. I mean, for the first time, I experienced this freedom. Just my thing, I don't know, something opened up. I, I got joy again. I was confident in the situation I was in. I wasn't ashamed. I was like, I just had this forgiveness all of a sudden. And um, I attribute that to my wife in that conference. But, so that ended up, um, I, I, I started listening to the sermon. Believe it or not, I didn't listen much when I was there at first. I just didn't. I was in this place, like I said, of just, I, I, it, when I sat in the congregation, I was thinking, am I going to get my son? Am I going to see my daughter? Am I going to, I was thinking all these things. I wasn't thinking about sermons and things like that. But once this turnaround happened where, where I said I experienced freedom, I remember listening, leaning into this sermon one night. And it just spoke to me. And, and, and one of the gentlemen was talking about just worshiping until worshiping through the storm. And so I went home that night and I started writing a song. And I wrote this song that um, is, is one, of the, one of the staple songs at our church. And it came at like two or three in the morning. It actually it's didn't. Really like a journal. It's really like a journal entry. I don't think he, he, you didn't actually mean for it to be a song that now has really reached. I mean, reach the nation. 
Yeah, it was actually a song that um, was personal for me. It actually, what I tell people is this song is a story of me pushing through to freedom. So all the situation, I was just pushing through to freedom. I knew where to go, but I had to get there, so I was pushing through. So I wrote this song um, that will be probably singing. It's okay, we're gonna sing it for you. <laughs> just kind of reflect on this moment, just the lyrics, and I'm just going to pray that God just speaks to you through the song, and thanks for letting us sing it for you. There's nothing 
listen to that song over and over again. It is so beautiful. And like I said at the beginning, we are putting a link in the show notes on storytellerslive.org to the studio recording so you can hear it without the disordered sound. Maybe one day we'll be able to get them into the studio and let them sing it live and have it all set up right and you can hear their voices together. Thanks so much for listening and we hope you'll join us again soon. 